Well, welcome everybody to the latest episode of the In the Flat podcast. I'm your host Tony Kill. Joined again this week, um, Jordan Schultz and Jess Saban. So this week we're going to talk about the latest results of the college football playoffs, which is probably the best playoff game as college football has, has had. Uh, preview TCU and Georgia, the, the championship game. Uh, talk the latest with other bowls, transfer portal, NFL draft, and everything else in between. So let's dive on in. So first we'll start with news, obviously. It's that time of year, so Jim Harbaugh is being rumored to go to NFL teams again. So, um, yeah, he, the rumor is if he's offered a job, just like was last year, he will take it. And some of the jobs that are supposedly potentially going after him are the Colts, the Broncos, and the and Carolina. So if you were Jim Harbaugh, would you take this job? Would you take an NFL job if it was offered, or would you try to finish a deal there in Michigan? So I'll start with you, Jess. What do you think? What, what should Jim Harbaugh do here? It's it's a tough one. I mean, Michigan, he's had a very up-and-down tenure at Michigan. I remember when everyone was talking about how he shouldn't leave, they should fire him. Uh, that was just a couple of years ago when he couldn't really get over the hump against in Ohio State and struggled against Michigan State. But now, clearly, he's figured out something that works. But it feels like he just hasn't gotten the quarterback right, that that one final piece to get them over the top. So, I mean, if the offer is too good to pass up, I'd say go to the NFL. I know allegedly the Panthers, I think, are are expected to if they haven't already. Um, Obviously, you got teams like the Broncos – the Chargers could be an interesting spot depending on how Staley does in the, their first playoff go, but I think he's going to have a tough time leaving Michigan. I mean, they are so close. I mean, that was a heck of a game against TCU, and one thing changes and they don't kind of get robbed of that touchdown. Uh, then they that fumble on the one-yard line. We could be talking about them versus Georgia right now, so... I think he should stay, but I think a team is going to make him an offer he can't refuse to go back to the NFL. Very true. You know, the one thing is, though, he has lost his seven bowl games in a row now with um, with Michigan. He seems like they can't quite get over that hump. I mean, if you know, would that be leave a sour taste in his mouth to try to leave now, or you want to try to get over that hump? What I have heard is the Colts might be the one to make the best offer because I think as a professional, he played there. He knows the owner and Jim Ursay. Would it be a long, drawn-out process? It Would it be a big interviewing type thing? They know each other well. It could be just the offer and he'll take it, that kind of thing. Um, but you never know what the Colts are going to do. They're a really crazy team. So, um, Jordan, any thoughts on this topic? <clears throat> no, I mean, last year it was the same thing. He went to interview with the Vikings and – the Vikings didn't offer him on the spot, so I don't think that's why he we saw him again. But I think it's different this year. I think there's too many coaching o- op- openings right now that if you don't jump on someone right when you interview him, you're not going to get that guy. Yep. So I, I definitely think he's going to get an offer from the Panthers. He's going to get an offer from the Colts right away, and I don't think he's going to say no this time. I think he's going to take it. I think <clears throat> right now is the perfect time for him to. Because there's so many openings in the NFL, you got Denver, Colts, Carolina. You know, like you said, the Chargers might. Um, what I don't even know what the Raiders might do at this point with their coach. I know it's only been one year, but you don't know. So, and there's many opportunities right now of like a lot of things happening. And I think 
we definitely will see Jim Harbaugh in the NFL next year. Someone's going to offer him up here soon. Uh, like I said, it's right away. If he gets offered right when he interviews, it's he's going to say yes because that's what he wanted last year, and I think that's what he's going to get this year. No, I agree. So, you know, it's it's kind of toss-up for me if I think he's going to go or not. I think if he has the right job opportunity, like Minnesota – was the right opportunity because you had all the ingredients to win. Some of these teams, like the Colts and the Panthers, are going to be harder to win at. Um, and how much control is he going to be given to to find the right players? That he got a lot of issues in the NFL last time because him in the front office kind of clashed. So I think he's going to want to find a place that he trusts that he won't that won't be an issue. So we'll see if he finds that perfect opportunity this time. Um, all right, next up, let's talk about um, some of the bowl games. I'm not going to go in every bowl game. Let's talk about um, before I jump into the playoff games. Let's talk about six of the bigger bowls um, that has a, that have occurred. So let's talk about the Rose Bowl um, that happened yesterday. Penn State beat Utah thirty-five to twenty-one. Uh, they used a strong second half and took advantage of Cam Rising getting hurt in the third quarter. The power pass to Utes thirty-five to twenty-one. I believe it was fourteen fourteen when Cam Rising got hurt, and Utah really just could never recover from that. Um, this is uh, the second Rose Bowl win in uh, program history for Penn State, and uh, it's first. It's 1995, so they haven't been here in a while, but they got that nice victory here. Uh, and, you know, this this win was led by Nittany Lions quarterback Sean Clifford, who capped off a lengthy and successful career. I feel like he was there for 15 years, but he had probably his best game, you know, um, 16 for 22 for 279 and a pair of touchdowns while, while seeming to be firing accurate passes all night. So, uh, good job there for for Sean Clifford and a good win for Penn State. So, um, so are you Jordan, any any thoughts here on Penn State? Or how are you thinking they're going to do, kind of going into next year? I think if they can find that quarterback, especially for next year, that they're that quarterback is going to be consistent all year. They're going to be right where they are right now, um, maybe even better. But for this game, their second half, like you said, they came out second half and fire or firing. I'm pretty sure Penn State has the two longest drives in Rose Bowl history with their three-play 95-yard for a touchdown and three-play 94 yards for a touchdown. Um, I definitely think Sean Clifford was uh, clicking on all cylinders this game. I think if Cam Risen didn't get hurt, I think it would have been a lot closer. But I think Penn State's offense second half was doing whatever they wanted against Utah. And it it shows that Utah is more, if they don't have Cam Rising, they have no one. And... Uh, I think it's a big win for Penn State, and I think um, it's a big win for their head coach as well, um, being on the hot seat and all that. So a big win for Penn State, and I, I feel bad for Utah, second year in a row where they they came this far and, and, and fell short. Yeah, no, yeah, the same thing happened last year. Cam Rising got hurt um, last year, if I recall. Um, they seemed to have these issues in this final game, which is a, it's a shame because I was – you know, Utah had a really good year, so they ended up losing again in, in, the, in the championship game. So, um, any any final thoughts on this one, Jess? Um, you guys covered it pretty well. I mean, Cam Rising, I think he finished. He was like 8 for 21, a touchdown, an interception. I don't think he even reached 100 yards. So, he wasn't having his best game, but it's hard to think that, you know, any team really that in – as big of a game as that, I mean, I get, unless you're Alabama, in which case you can go from Hertz to Tua, you know, your starter goes down, you're going to have a hard time 
catching any level of momentum, being able to truly stay competitive, especially when you're going up against a very good team like Penn State is. So, yeah. you know, hats off to the Nittany Lions. And, you know, hopefully for Utah, they can kind of try and get back here next year. But for right now, Penn State, I think they were just the better team yesterday, whether Rising stayed in or not. But I think it would have been much more competitive had he not gotten injured. But I think Penn State was winning that game regardless. Yeah, you know, you look at their season. It, I don't know how you think about it as a Penn State fan. They, they lost Ohio State and Michigan. They won all their ever games. So um, That's how they've been these past how many years now? It's just just the third best team in, in the Big Ten. You know, just beat everyone else, lose to Ohio State, Michigan, get into a high-end bowl, and see how you do. It's just, yeah, and – and it's interesting because this year, year, this year they probably would have got to the Rose Bowl, but both Michigan and Ohio State both got to the playoffs, so um, they kind of snuck it to the Rose Bowl that way. So next year, you know, to have the new Drew Allard, their quarterback, I, I'm interested to see what he could do to this offense and see what they could do against Ohio State, Michigan next year. All right, let's talk about a crazy, probably one of the craziest um, bowl games of the year, and that was the Cotton Bowl, where Tulane beat USC 46 to 45. So USC was up 45 to 30 with four minutes to go. Uh, Utah scored a touchdown really quick, um, quit down the field in, in a matter of seconds. USC fumbled a punt out of bounds at the one-yard line, so terrible special teams there. That followed with Slink in the safety. Then they got the ball, drove the entire length of the field to win by one point in the final seconds. Um, so crazy finish. I mean, Tulane has played their heart out there and got the win. Uh, so Jess, any, any, anything surprising in this one? I mean, you know me. I've been pretty high on USC and Caleb Williams all year. I didn't quite think they were a playoff team for most of the year. Then they kind of just kind of were just there like because of all of the Pac-12 teams at the time. They were the highest rated one, and then they lost to Utah. But, um, I mean, it just felt like it was a two-man show. It was – Ty J Spears, the two-lane running back, versus Caleb Williams. And, I mean, barring one mistake at the very end there that led to that uh, safety, I, I think USC wins this game. But at the end of the day, you can't make those mistakes. But, I mean, this is uh, – once we kind of got to, like, the big New Year's Bowls and, you know, we got the playoffs and everything – so many of these games, it was just like teams forgot that defense is a thing. Like, I mean, both the playoff games, this one, uh, LSU just, I don't even know if Purdue actually even played that game. But we've had so many super high-scoring games, so entertaining, and it's this has been a good bowl season so far for college football fans. No, no, Unless for sure. you like defense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I feel like we're watching a bunch of Big 12 games uh, for the past. So, um, All right, uh, Jordan, anything to add on this one? No, um, just that USC, the mistakes they made were in crucial points. Second half, they missed a field goal. He got in the first half, they threw an interception um, that led to a two-lane uh, touchdown. You know, those mistakes really show you – or mistakes uh, put a – Georgia, Alabama team in the last couple of years, 
in front and show you what you need to do. These mistakes kill you, especially with a two-lane team. Just We saw that second half that can put up numbers. Um, all year they put up numbers. So I just think with that, you know, those mistakes, costly mistakes that happen and pivotal points of your game um, really show that USC, especially defensively, is not 100% there, and I don't know if they will be next year. Um, just because not a lot of people, like, yeah, you want to go, You tra- a lot of defensive players transfer, but they're not going to want to go to USC because their offense is everything for them. So I, I just don't think USC is going to be at that point next year, in my eyes, if unless they get that defense together, um, especially when you think, and you, if you look at looked at ESPN and their, you know, probability of winning, it was USC all game. I don't until the end where Tulane was up by one. Yeah, that was the first lead of the game for Tulane. <laughs> Final seven seconds. So uh, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I and mean, this is the same thing that we talked about in, in the preseason. At Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma's issue where they focused everything on offense and let the defense kind of do their own thing, which has not been working. He really needs to focus on defense if he's ever going to become a national championship level coach. And I think first he needs to fire the defensive coordinator, Alex Grant. He just hasn't been good in Oklahoma or in USC. Um, and they need a, they need some more discipline back there and, and really kind of build that team up. I am worried a little bit about them next year. I think it's going to be Kaylin Williams or bust next year. The offensive lineman, they, they lost a couple to the NFL draft. Um, so they're already – just decent offensive line is going to become worse. Their defense is going to be not great. I mean, it's going to be a struggle, I think, next year. It'll be able to beat a lot of Pac-12 teams, but uh, some of these games out of conference might be a little difficult for them. All right. Well, we'll kind of go through um, this one really quick. LSU, 63. My poor, poor Purdue team, 7. Um, this was really a gutted Purdue team. They were out their head coach, their quarterback, and some key players. I mean, it's just one of those things of bowl season, so – um, any thoughts from any of you guys on, on this destruction of LSU no. Purdue or by LSU? No, if you just look at the box score, though, it's kind of funny. Um, four pa- four different people passed in the on LSU, but then you also have four different people passed on Purdue. Uh, it's just kind of funny to see these games. Um, LSU could put their freshmen in. Purdue could put their um, six-string center in. I, I don't know. I feel like, like you said, Purdue was gutted. Didn't have a quarterback, um, a lot of transfers, just no head coach. I think the team was just all over the place, and uh, it did not look well. I, I think the bowl game I, – I hopefully recruits and everything don't look at this bowl game as the end all for Purdue um, and look at their season and how – I know they were kind of inconsistent, but you know, just look at that and not this 63-7 to loss. Um, I, I yeah, feel bad I think, for Purdue. I think they won't because, I mean – the Obviously, they have a new head coach that had nothing to do with this game. And I think, um, really, this is one of those situations where if you're Purdue, you almost should have said, no, we, we don't want to play in a bowl. Um, this because you put your, your team in a really bad situation here. Um, but, you know, that's bowl season, so it, it is what it is, I guess. All right, uh, let's talk about the ReliaQuest Bowl. Um, this was a pretty cool uh, game of Mississippi State being Illinois 19-10. to uh, that they won. This is Mississippi State's first uh, game since the unexpected death of Coach Mike Leach. Um, they came back from early deficit to, to beat Illinois 19 to 10, um, and they did take the lead until there were four seconds left in the game. Um, and then there was that crazy play at the end where they tried to um, ladder the little around, and Mississippi State got it, scored a touchdown. So this is 
not great if you were uh, betting on this game as it was you know it was a three and a half point spread and they scored that to, to win this game by nine so um you know probably lost some people some money there but um cool they had the um, helmet with um the pirate flag for might's leak on it and everything so uh pretty cool scene there any thoughts there from um from you guys on this one i mean it was good to see them get the win win it for their coach um not much to say about the game itself you know it's a pretty ugly game honestly so i mean i certainly hope if you did bet on it you bet the under um (laughs) but uh some solid play from uh, Mississippi State's running game. They had a total of 20 carries, but two people who carried the ball averaged at least five yards a carry. Uh, one of them averaged 9.7. Illinois had a seemingly a statistically inefficient passing game, but, you know, it kind of feel bad for Illinois there, kind of losing. You never, as a team, obviously, and as a fan, you hate seeing you lose at the last second like that. But, uh, you know, it's Mississippi State. They got the win for their coach. And as sad as the circumstances are, I guess, you know, it's some silver lining there for for them and their families. No, for so. sure. It was, it was cool seeing them win. Um, you know, I feel bad for Linwood. Probably nobody was going for them to win this game. But um, it was cool for the players to kind of have that flag of um, – pirate flag out running around with the crowd and stuff so it's a, it, a cool scene so any no. final closing thoughts jordan no yeah and i think it's the same thing the, this bowl game's so like just you don't want to play in it it's like whatever so like illinois was gutted they didn't have their top running back uh mississippi state was gutted as well it's it just there's a lot you know for mississippi state you lost your head coach do you really want to play you know in this bowl game I know, you know, you got that. Everybody has that mindset where it's like, oh, we got to play this game for our coach. But it's like, I mean, it doesn't feel right for all these players, you know. Uh, Will Rogers, you know, was with him, his, you know, started for those three years. You know, he's like another father figure to him. And, and you're going to play this game without him on the sideline, without him telling you good job, without him being there. So it, it just, I, I don't know. I feel like this bowl game, I, I it's, you know, great to see them win. It's great to see them play. But it's like, you know, all these players are like, you know, our coach is gone. Do we really want to play in this bowl game without and him? And this one, this one in particular, they they all said they wanted to play for Coach Leach in this game. Um, I know, but it's still like mentality-wise when you're on the field. Yeah, you say you want to play, but then now you're over here playing the game. Yeah, you look at the sideline, you're like, never mind. You know, it's it, you get that feeling. And, well, it's, gonna, yeah, just, it's definitely going to be an emotional game. I mean, I, I mean, just think about it. You've been, to your point, Will Rogers has been here this whole time with him, and he's used to doing things a certain way, and then he looks over and he's not there. It's, that's got to be tough, man. But I also think it's a good sign, uh, you know, for both teams, you know, going the next year. Illinois had a better passing attack. Illinois' defense was, you know, played really well. Um, Mississippi State, you know, is you know has to get over that hump, and I think pl- I think that's a good thing with playing this game and, and getting over that first game hump without you know Mike Leach being there. Yeah, not for sure. All right, uh, we have two more games to hit before the playoffs, so I'll just kind of go over these quickly and then give your thoughts on them. First, the Orange Bowl, uh, Tennessee uh, beat Clemson thirty-one to fourteen. Really, Tennessee kind of controlled this from the from the 
from start to finish. Um, Joe Joe Milton making his second start since the season any injury to uh, Hendon Hooker. You know, did pretty well. He completed 19 28 passes for 251 yards of free touchdowns um, with some good long passes. This was also the first uh, start for um, Cade Klubnik. Um, he ended up going 30 or 54 um, for 320 yards and two interceptions. At times, he looked overwhelmed, which I, I guess you would expect from a freshman there. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see him out there, though, getting some reps. But they got to fix that offense going into next year. I don't know if it's the player. It's got to be some development that needs to happen there. Uh, and then we'll talk about the Gator Bowl. Then you guys give me your thoughts on both these games. But Notre Dame won the Gator Bowl 45-38 over South Carolina. Um, this was a interesting game. Um, where South Carolina just threw everything plus get your sink with a bunch of gadget plays and and fake punts and fake field goals, you name it, they they tried it out there. They got up twenty one seven on Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame came back. This was also Tyler Buckner's first start since being injured in week two. Uh, he threw for two hundred seventy four yards, ran for sixty one. Uh, had five touchdowns, uh, but also had three interceptions. So that's kind of inconsistency that he that he kind of brought there. Um, so, yeah, again, it was a tough-fought game that Notre Dame ended up winning at the end. They really just they won the line of scrimmage that South Carolina really couldn't keep up with. So, good victory there for, for the Irish to end the season. So, uh, Sir you, Jess, any thoughts on these two games? I mean, I was shocked at how well Tennessee did in the Orange Bowl. I mean, no Hooker, no Hyatt, no Tillman. No problem. I forget yeah, No problem, apparently. I mean, I – I honestly thought Clemson borderline might roll Tennessee. Like, maybe Tennessee could keep it interesting, but I thought, I mean, I guess I forget if Clemson, how many players they had opt out of the game because I know they, they're sending a bunch of particularly on defense yeah. to the draft, but I just thought Clemson would be deeper, I guess. But... Yeah, like you said, no problem for Tennessee. <laughs> and, you know, it'll be interesting because they've got the five-star quarterback coming in Tennessee, but Milton showed flashes of uh, being – I saw some people saying that, you know, he could possibly be the answer for the next couple of years or so, maybe even get to the draft. So it'll be interesting to see Tennessee going forward. As for Notre Dame – you know, as you guys know, I've never doubted Notre Dame once. You know, I had full faith in them <laughs> to, uh, to win that game. I mean, in last week's pod, uh, Jordan convinced me to go with them to, to roll with Notre Dame. I was hesitant. Uh, and clearly my hesitancy was warranted. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame showed to be the more talented team. And they were able to pull it out and... Hell to the Irish, they got it done. Yep. Yeah, that was another. This was another game where um, there's a lot of opt outs on both sides. I mean, Michael Mayer and uh, Foskey for Notre Dame were mm-hmm. out, and their quarterback was out that started all year. South Carolina was missing all their tight ends basically, and then they're running back and and a couple defensive players. So it was um, it wasn't the true teams that you saw throughout the year. I will say so. It's always hard. to to make these calls in these games but jordan any any thoughts from you on these two games um i i just read on twitter not really but um clemson <laughs> is taking away their orange because um, they lost against tennessee who's orange but also in the orange bowl so 
Clemson might change their colors a little bit. Um, maybe a little little different orange. They're going to um, go to yellow. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Oh. <laughs> no, but I, I feel like everyone, everyone thought, you know, K was going to come in and dominate because of what we saw DJ do all year. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> K did not look good. Yeah, he's a freshman. But, uh, I mean, against a Tennessee defense that is not really that great all around, even, you know, they have, you know, glimpses. But I, I just don't think Cade's going to be the answer for them next year. I don't think he's uh, – I think you would you would want to see, especially a quarterback that sat behind uh, – sat all year behind someone, you know, come in and have some glimpses of hope that you'll see next year, and I don't think Cade had that all game. It, it did not look right, and I don't know if it's development um, at Clemson or what it is, but um, big win for Tennessee, and I think it's going to roll on to next year for them, and I think it's going to be a weird situation quarterback-wise for them. But for Notre Dame, you know, the, the Irish pulled this one out. <clears throat> I, I think Buckner, I don't know what I feel about him. He cannot pass the ball, um, but... Honestly, you know, with all the rumors of Sam Hartman coming, I, I can see him being a wildcat. I can see him being something. They might use him with something. Hey, uh, goal but, line stand. I mean, he can get you five to six yards pretty easily. So, oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and and he can throw the ball sort of. So even putting him in as wildcat, he can throw the ball. Well, here's the thing. He can throw the ball, I think, on a deep route. So he can throw the ball. It's just that I, even when he's – it's just so ugly seeing it, those shorter passes. You know, usually you have that little touch and it goes right to – I mean, he's like throwing it hard at him, the shorter passes. I I just feel like he needs some more touch in his passes, and I don't know if he can, he can get there. It's hard Definitely. to teach that if you don't have it. But, um, yeah, I'm interested to see Sam Hartman and him, how they work that out because it, it would be good to kind of mix that up and give you a different look every once in a while. Even maybe using it more of like him and Sam Hartman together where – you know, have him in the backfield is almost a running back or a tight end. You know. Oh yeah, because he's got that. Sp- he's definitely got that speed. But yeah. also, just for Notre Dame, the running backs. You know, Diggs and Estime, they played great. I-, I think that's a good sign. I mean, remember last year we saw that they, the bowl game, they could not run the ball at all. Also, um, I just want to, you know, Michael Mayer didn't play this game, but you know his, you know, backup. Uh, Mitchell Evans, he he had some you know good catches, and I think he's going to be you know not as great as Michael Mayer, but he's going to be that tight end that's you know going to be consistent for him and, and put up those numbers, you know, and be that new Michael Mayer. But no one can replace Michael Mayer because you know he's the best tight end, even though he didn't get the award. But he's the all American tight end. All I'm saying team. is he was playing for Georgia. He would have had like 100 yards against Ohio State, but you know whatever. Um, Speaking of that game, let's talk about the playoffs. Uh, so I'll go through both of these games, then you guys give me your, your thoughts on it. So we'll start with the Peach Bowl. Man, this was a crazy game. Uh, I was in a house full of Ohio State fans, and we were watching this game. And I don't know why they do these games on New Year's Eve. It, it just doesn't make sense to me because, you know, I want to watch the ball drop at midnight, but here we are trying to watch a field goal, whether it goes in or not. It, it, once the field goal missed, it was midnight, so you're fine. It was like he kicked yeah, it from 2022 to exactly 2023. at midnight. I mean, yeah, that's just crazy. They need – I just think they need to avoid this in the future. It's hard. Like, I know there's probably a lot of mad fans out there, like, you know, that have to watch this game while New Year's Eve is going on. So, But it is what it is. But this game was crazy. I, I will say um, – Ohio State led throughout. I mean, they, they, they started off really strong, and 
their their offense was going well. Their defense was playing well. Stetson Bennett was not playing well. Uh, they led 38-24 early in the fourth quarter. They had a chance to retake a two-possession lead in four minutes to go, uh, but the Bulldogs' defense finally made a huge stand to kind of settle it to a field goal. Um, Jordan you know, Stetson Bennett kind of let them down the field for a drive with 54 seconds to give them the lead. Ohio State had two timeouts, drove the field, and obviously they missed that 50-yard or so uh, field goal wide left um, to lose this game. So excruciating game if you're an Ohio State fan. I know Michigan fans were probably not feeling very well after losing and then having to watch this game. Um, so, yeah, definitely definitely a really great game, though. This is not one of those blowout playoff games that you that we are accustomed to seeing. So it was a great game there. And speaking of great games, um, the Fiesta Bowl, TCU beat Michigan 51-45. to TCU just came out on fire, um, you know, getting up to a big lead. I think, what, what was it, 21-3, then 21-9? 21 to yeah. six, 21 to six. Um, so they were um, so they were leading pretty well. It was, then Michigan made their comeback. Uh, it would have been one of the bigger bigger comebacks in in the bowl history. Um, and I think it was um, the highest scoring Fiesta Bowl dating back to 1971. Um, TC led by like I mentioned, it matches 18 points in the first half, 21-6 lead in halftime, and then they held off Michigan in the second half. Really. The story of this one is Michigan's defense cannot stop TCU. TCU broke a lot of long runs in this game, a lot of long after-the-catch you know, plays, um, and they, they did enough on defense to stop Michigan with the, a couple pick sixes of J.J. McCarthy um, to get them this win here. So the underdog prevails, and they're going on to play Georgia. So that being said, Jordan, what do you think of these two games? or What stood out to you? Um, <clears throat> I mean – that Ohio State Georgia game was insane. I think um, it, it kind of showed where you know we all we, we've seen the weakness of Georgia's defense, and that is the pass game right now. Um, super weak, um, gives up a bunch of yards, and I think that's really what made this game closest. You know, CJ Stroud, you know, threw, had great passes and could. Um, complete the balls really easily and was having a, a good game. I, I think. This was one of the better games for CJ Stroud this year, just you know, in a big light, you know, on that front stage. Um, just one thing I want to point out: uh, they, did, this is the weird thing. CJ Stroud threw for 20, uh, 23 for thirty-four. Um, Stetson Bennett also did twenty-three for thirty-four. Um, so, just just to throw that out there. But you know, big win for Georgia, and I think. Um, Watching the ball drop at the same time, I, I saw all the videos going around with that all um, <clears throat> added to the you know the great feeling of Ohio State losing and everything. So um, it was it was just good game to watch, and I, I think um, I, I think it was probably one of the best bowl game or bowl games, also college football playoff uh, games we'll see. But for TCU, uh, that's a big win. I think TCU just came out hard early. Yeah, it was close to you know Michigan coming back, but TCU kept it in. They, you know, that's the good thing about leading the first, you know, having a good first half, and you know you can have a not great second half, but hold the team off and you still win. You know, like we say, you know, everybody says all year, a win is a win, no matter how close. And and this was a dominant performance by TCU all year. Um, the sad thing again, you know, I, I said it earlier in the podcast about another quarterback or about Clemson. I don't know if Michigan has their quarterback. 
You know, J.J. McCarthy is not that. I don't think he's going to be that guy next year, and, and I think that's going to be, you know, the biggest downfall in Michigan. They don't have that quarterback, and their run game is the only thing that holds them to anything. And I think if they had Blake Corum this this game, it would be a different story, and we would talk about Michigan again. But a uh, big win for TCU, and I'm excited to see someone different in that college football playoff championship game. No, for sure. Um, you know, and – I don't, I, you know, I think the thing with J.J. McCarthy is he's so cocky talking about and how they're going to, I figure it's where he's going to stick to steamroll TCU. I think they overlooked TCU. I don't, I don't think they knew enough about TCU here. I, I don't know if it's coaching or if it's just, you know, maybe that over top swagger that they had. I think they really just overlooked TCU and I think they came back to bite them because TCU wanted this game more right at the bat and they, they did, they, they weren't scared of Michigan at all. Um, so it's interesting to see. What were your thoughts on the games, Jess? I mean, first of all, if they didn't know enough about TCU, then that has to be a coaching issue. I mean, yeah, and they, I read somewhere they didn't know where TCU was. Like, they didn't know what conference they're from, and they didn't know who they were. Like, that is that would not be a good look. <laughs> um, I mean, I they had how long to prepare? I mean. Michigan's defense could not stop a nosebleed. Like, it felt like every time they got back in it, TCU was able to just put it out of reach once again. And I was in a bar watching the game with some friends out, you know, New Year's Eve. We made sure to go to sports bars uh, for most of the night just because we knew they'd have the games on. And it felt like, oh, Particularly in the second half there, the third quarter, it's like, oh, I turned away and I turned back, another touchdown. Turned away, turned back, another touchdown. And it was just, it was a fireworks show. I mean, it was a great game to watch. But, I mean, for Michigan, who's supposed to have a decent defense, you know, again, you you expect these kind of games when TCU plays – Oklahoma, you know, because neither team's allowed to have a defense. It's the Big 12. But Michigan, I mean, the Big Ten's supposed to have teams that are tough and can, you know, defend anybody. That's what how they're supposed to be able to play, and it just, that was not the case. As for Ohio State-Georgia, honestly, I was surprised at how close that game was. I, I thought Ohio State was going to be able to put up some points. I mean, they have too much talent offensively not to. Even even without Jackson Smith and the Jigba, but I I thought George's defense was going to hold them in check for the most part. Clearly, that wasn't the case, and I feel so bad for uh, Noah Ruggle. I think his name is the kicker for Ohio State to yeah. to have that happen. I feel like different way on that stage as the clock strikes midnight. It was like. The magic's gone in that moment as the, as the clock hit midnight. Um, but I mean, it's Ohio State. They're 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 like Alabama. They don't rebuild. They reload. They're gonna have a whole bunch of these no, new five stars come in. They're gonna be in the same area competing next year. So, Ohio State fans, I know it's a rough one, but you'll be back, especially since. They're expanding the playoffs. Uh, teams like Ohio State, Alabama, I don't know if they're ever going to miss the the, <laughs> the playoff again. But, um, I mean, Marvin Harrison, 
was eating them alive in the first half. He had like, what was it? Eight catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns or something crazy in the first half. And then he, uh, there was that controversial hit about in the back of the end zone. I didn't think it was targeting, but this is me. I didn't, I didn't think it was. I mean, when it happened really fast in the moment, I I thought it was. Then they showed the replay, and I didn't think it was targeting. This is the football play. I mean, yeah. He did. Hey, you can't complain about with a football the helmet. Play. He just, this is a hard hit. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Uh, what do you think, Jordan? You think I was, I, you think I, I was targeting? No, I don't think so. But I think the biggest thing everybody's talking about is he was in the air before he hit him. Like he he jumped. Did um, he go too soon? Did he hit him too soon? No, no. Like you, no. you're not supposed to leap into a tackle. That's the other big thing with targeting. So you can't leave the ground. Before you hit the guy, really. that That's what also intercompasses targeting. So because it was close to his head and he leaped off the ground before contact, that's I the other honestly reason. think there's, there's, just not a, there's just not a consistency with the rule because I watched that Tulane-USC game and it was clearly helmet-to-helmet contact. And they said, no, he, he did a lead with the helmet. And I, I, I'm just like, listen... If you get hit hard, head to helmet to helmet, it's targeting. I don't care what you were doing to get there, that's targeting. But if you weren't, and it was just a hard play, and it was just a hard hit, then it shouldn't be targeting. But I I don't know. I think there's just a lot of interpretations of the rule. So on a lighter note, um, if you would (laughs) like a little laugh, um, if you go to the TCU's Twitter page and their pin tweet is is amazing. So just just so you know, just go to their pin tweet on, on, on Twitter, TCU football, and you will... You will. I don't know if you might have. I don't know what you might have. You might feel like you're on drugs. I. I it's such a weird video, but it's great. So, just so you know. Okay. Everybody, check that out. TCU give us money for that free promotion. All right. All right. Let's talk about this game really quick. I know we're we're running close to time here, but um, TCU Georgia. Um, obviously, we'll be playing in a national championship game next Monday at SoFi and California. Long, long flight there for Georgia, but I think they'll be okay with it. Uh, so Bulldogs are looking to repeat for the first time since Alabama did a trick in 2011, 2012. Um, and, you know, it's set for 7.30 p.m. Eastern time next Monday. Uh, obviously, Georgia has one of the best defenses, but they gave up a lot of points in this last game um, to a, you know, really good Ohio State team. Um, they are hopeful that tight end Darnell Washington will play um, and hopefully that linebacker chase chambliss will play but both are kind of in a questionable mode right now for tcu they're running back kendrick miller who did it kendrick miller didn't really play much in that in that game against michigan he's questionable for this game as well um obviously you're led by max duggan who played really well in that game and really put this team on his back so just quick prediction predictions here and score uh just who, who you got winning this game and what's the score I think that Michigan is going to win this game, and I think it's going to be Michigan. Not Michigan, Georgia. (laughs) Georgia. Michigan's not winning. Michigan wins this game. I'm gonna be really shocked. Michigan. Michigan is gonna find a way. Have faith in Harbaugh. Uh, Georgia's gonna win this game. uh, 35-24. 35-24. Jordan, who you got? What score? I have Georgia. I would don't I want to pick I want to pick TCU I really do but I definitely think Georgia is a better team than Michigan and defensively at least 
I know he saw Ohio State put up all the, but Georgia has a better defense than Michigan. Um, so I think it's going to be a lot closer than you know you'd think. Um, but I got Georgia by a, a touchdown or a field goal. Um, I also just want to put out there that uh, good ups to college football and uh, moving the kickoff time to 7.30 Eastern time so that it's not midnight for us when we watch this game. Yeah, and they did do that for the game on New Year's Eve. So I mean, I would uh, also be rooting for TCU. I just I don't think they got – I mean, Ohio State has offensive firepower, and TCU's got some I just don't – I don't think they got – Jess will be rooting for Rutgers. What, yeah, what, Rutgers what will find a way to win this game. <laughs> they will, they will. Um, for me, I think TCU has the best quarterback on the field, and that's uh, Max Duggan. I think he should have won the Heisman uh, over Caleb Williams for performances like he did. Oh, I know, just give me a face, but Caleb Williams out there losing to the lane. Um, so I took the kid get out of here with, with his performance. 400 plus passing yards, uh, five touchdowns. If you're going to put, at, if you're gonna put F, F the ever team on your fingernails, you need to go out there yeah, and win the on. game, okay? Uh, Max Duggan, go out there. He, he plays it all on the line. He, he, he has no. Caleb Williams says all these five-star transfers that they pull in. Max Duggan has all these guys off the street, and he's out here winning, um, <laughs> win, winning the I game. For, um, I, I definitely no, – no, I think he should – One in this upcoming draft. Just just one one play made him, should have made him win the Heisman. That scoring drive, the last play of that scoring drive against Kansas State, and he literally couldn't breathe. You saw him getting carried by his team. And he went back in and scored the game-tying two-point conversion. Then they lost. It doesn't matter. It's not his fault, though. Um, <laughs> it's not. Hey, I don't care what you're going to say about Caleb Williams. We're necessarily I just want to say. Discussion. We're talking about playoff teams here, okay? Yeah, okay. So uh, more Wins, a scoreboard, that's, that's all we got to talk about here. He beat Kansas State the first time on his back. And he couldn't do it because all his wide receivers were injured. This is more about USC than Caleb Williams, but you know, uh, may, we're may, not going to get into that. It's okay. Can right. we just look at the players USC has and the players Max Duggan has? Exactly, exactly. As I'm saying, he does more with less than Caleb Williams does. So, yeah. now, there you go. And he's not getting paid millions of dollars to do it. So, um, yeah. all right. So for me, I think I got. Oh man, I really want to say TC is going to win this game. Um, but I Say think it. it's going to be 30. Nope. Uh, You're going to jinx it. Say it. Okay. All right. I'm going to go on the line here. Go ahead. Don't put this on it. Don't, don't go bet on this, especially those in Ohio. And I'll have access to do this. Do not bet on TCU. But I think TCU finds a way to get this done. 31, 28, Max Duggan, game tying drive, <laughs> game winning field gold. They go out to champions, Max Duggan. Does it all? We can rub that in Justice Face next week with you, and Max Duggan uh, look, appreciation podcast. It's, it definitely is okay if you bet the spread for TCU. They're, they're gonna, uh, yeah, fifteen. They're half, gonna right? cover it. 12, 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Drop. It was fifteen and a half. They're gonna cover. So if you want to bet, you can bet that spread. TCU is gonna cover. They will. I agree. Right, Jess? You agree? They're gonna cover. Well, I had them. I had Georgia winning by 11, so, yeah, they did. The cover. Win. Okay. All right. Here, here first, folks. They will cover. So, bet all And if we're, if we're wrong. Savings that are going to cover. If you're, we're wrong, Jess's Twitter handle is in our bio on Twitter. So, every complaint you have, Jess Saban on Twitter, at Jess 
<laughs> underscore Saban. Hit him up. Except, if, take it over him. He's our um. Send, he's, he's our, our HR. Our, he's our public relations. He's our public relations. He'll take care of all your, your concerns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard he'll also send you money. Um, if yeah, you do lose it, replace your life savings if you lose it. So just talk. To yeah, it's okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'm putting a good uh, twenty-two grand on this game that TCU covers. So yeah, I can I can afford to reimburse people. All right, there you go. That's a good. That's a good idea. I'm gonna, I'm about to do that too. Everything yeah, put, you got. All I'm in. Gonna mortgage the house. I'm gonna put it all on there, and we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Uh, we were going to go over some of the um, rankings, but we're getting close on time here. So at this uh, before we wrap this up, um, pass over to you guys. Is there any uh, draft declarations or transfer portal updates that you guys want to mention before we go ahead and sign this one off here? The Just the Alabama losing, you know, Bryce Young and Will Anderson. That's yeah, the but everyone one. knew that one. That everyone knew that. I mean, Bryce Young's probably going to Houston, and that'll be interesting to see if Will Anderson's picked two or three behind Behind or just ahead of Jalen Carter out of Georgia. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think there's been any big, big announcements, you know, any shocking. Uh, other than the Kayshawn Boutte scandal uh, out of LSU. Have you guys heard about this? I, yeah, yes. I, I, read, I read about that. Are we allowed um, to go into the details? No, we're not that? allowed to go into the details. This uh, is a family we, podcast. This is a family no, podcast, yes, okay. Our, our R-rated um, Butte, in the flat podcast coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rated R version. Um, yes. Kayshawn Boutte, for those who don't know, uh, actually announced that he was coming back to LSU for the 2023-2024 season. However, he then mysteriously wasn't allowed uh, – he wasn't playing in the, in the bowl game, and it was announced that they actually – asked him or not announced it was rumored that he was asked to just declare for the draft we don't want you here at lsu anymore they thought it'd be in his best interest because if took a train right what was suspected (laughs) if you want to know what happened you can google it yourself (laughs) look it up online just type his name in google you'll Uh, see some and if you are scarred for life remember at jess underscore seven seven. I think it'll be interesting to see, though, where he ends up going in the draft. Because at one point, he was in the debate for, like, it was him, uh, Jackson Smith-Majigba, and Quinn Johnson. Are, you know, who do you have number one, like, going into the season? Uh, and Jordan Addison was up there as well. Um, yeah. But now, it, I, you I know, think, I don't think it's going to hurt too gonna much. He's going to go in the first round, honestly. Not like he you know, murdered anybody or anything, so I don't, I don't no, know. If it's no, no, like... no, nothing like that. But uh, it, it, <laughs> if he did, just message Jess. That's, uh, that's <laughs> one way safe. to end your collegiate career. Um, it went out with a bang. Um, <laughs> so uh, with that, guys, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this podcast up here. Um, it was, um, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully have a good matchup, Georgia TCU next week. We'll see if Michigan Rutgers find their way into and win that game as well. Um, but, yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, we'll, we'll be back to talk to you next week about that. Until next time, guys. Bye.